Welcome to the sermon series from Life Church Green Bay. It's our mission to bring the life-giving message of Jesus to the 920 and beyond. We're so glad you're here. If this is your first time joining us, we want to do life with you. While you're listening, fill out our hello card on our website so we can connect with you. Visit lifechurchgreenbay.com forward slash hello to fill it up. Make sure to check the I'm new here and online options while filling out the card. Again, we're so glad you're with us today. Here's this week's message. Good morning. Open your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible and you'd like one, just raise your hand real quick and we'd love to bring you one that you can either borrow or keep. Uh, if you have the Version app or the Bible app, if you go to events and then click on the more tab and the notes uh, for this scripture except for a video I have will be on there under Life Church Green Bay. If you're watching online, we're so glad you're here. I love you and I love you guys and I'm so glad that you guys are here with us as we're continuing in a series called Rooted, uh, which is going beyond just basic, but allowing God to root us in some things that he knows that will grow in us. Uh, so last September, I had the opportunity to go with my father to Israel for about 11 days, and it was life-changing because I was at places where, like we talk about in the Bible, and we get to see it in the Bible, and it was just it was so great, and I was blessed with that, but I was also blessed that our tour guide named Yosef uh, was a Messianic Jew, and every time he took us to a place, he would also say, open your Bible, and he would take us to the scripture uh, that talked about the place that we're, we're at, and then he would give us this like mini message that I was like blown away by. I was taking notes. In fact, for our men's retreat, one of the things that Yosef taught me, I'm gonna be doing at the men's retreat, so that's just a little spoiler for that, so sign up for that. But it was so impactful. And one of the places Yosef took us was this place, the city of Magdala, where they believe that a synagogue they dug up was a synagogue that Jesus walked through. And because we were talking about synagogues, uh, I got to learn what a synagogue was, which was a place for Jewish prayer, study, assembly, and then reading the Torah. And while in Magdala, I got to go to this beautiful center that represented a temple. And a temple was a place to serve as a place to give your offerings and to worship in the presence of God. And so I took this video of, of us kind of walking in this place, a Magdala. And so that's my dad right there, actually. And so, uh, and so you can see this beautiful structure, and you can see the rows as you're going through. There's paintings everywhere. But they had, on the top floor, they had what looked like a temple or like a church with the rows, a big boat, and things like that. But then as you go downstairs, they had a synagogue. It was made of stone, and it was circular, and they had the Torah, uh, the ark in the, in, the, in, the, um, in the center of it where they put the scriptures. I really loved that painting. I like had a picture of it and everything. But I loved the aspect of seeing a temple and a synagogue together. Because for me, I thought the temple was one thing you went to, and I thought the synagogue was another place you went to. And that maybe we had some temple people and maybe we had some synagogue people. But as I was there and I was asking questions and studying that God wanted his people not just to be in rows, but he also wanted them to be in circles too. 
where they would come together and study and read the word and pray together, but they'd also worship together, they would give together, and they'd pray together. And so in that moment, I'm reminded that God says, I don't want just one or the other, but I want both for your life. And I wanna talk about that in a message I'm calling Rooted in Community. Can we pray? So Lord, thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity to speak your word. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, for, for your, just the power of your word, that when we read it and we study it, we're, we're motivated by it, we're transformed by it, we're changed by it. So Lord, as we get in your word, I pray that, that we would not just hear it, but we would follow it and we'd be led by it. We love you, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So Acts chapter two, I'm gonna start reading verse 42, and I'm reading out of the NIV and it says this, they, this is the believers, the people who uh, just gave their eyes to Jesus, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So this portion of scripture happens right after 120 believers came together, did what Jesus said and said, I want you to meet in one place because the Holy Spirit needs to come. And so the Holy Spirit comes and they move in tongues of fire and power and they begin to speak in a different language. And then after that, Peter comes out to talk and kind of defend the people saying they're not drunk, this is what's happening. And he begins to give this sermon that was so impactful that it says about 3,000 people gave their lives to Jesus. So we have about 3,120 people have now decided to do community together. But what I love about this portion of scripture is I see three processes that I've never seen before when it comes to the community of believers. Processes that show us that because they did this, this happened. And because this happened, it caused them to do this. And I believe that God is calling us to do the same thing that the early community of believers did. So if you're taking notes, there's a few things we see in the early church that made them rooted in community. And here's number one. They were devoted to community. See, the word devoted in the scripture in the Greek is pro, uh, proskaterio, which means to be ready, to give attention, and to be faithful. So they devoted themselves to the community and they devoted themselves to four things. One, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Now, what are the apostles' teachings? Well, in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, Jesus says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So Jesus told the apostles, he told the disciples to go and teach them what I taught you. So the apostles taught everything that Jesus commanded them to do. 
But we also have to remember in John 1.1, it says in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. So what the apostles were teaching was the word of God. And they, were, and they were devoted to do it, meaning that they were devoted not just to hearing the word and not just to reading the word, but they were studying the word. They were memorizing the word and they were applying the word to their life. They, they wanted to go beyond just what they normally did. They were devoted to it. Number two was they were devoted to fellowship. Now, the Greek word used for fellowship is koinonia, which means association, communion, and this is my favorite part, close relationship. So they devoted themselves to close relationships, to getting to know each other beyond just weekly meetings. So they were gathering with their families. They were, they were doing more than just getting basic information. For some of them, they maybe had refrigerator rights. You ever had refrigerator rights? It's the best. If you don't know, refrigerator rights is when you go over to your friend's house, you come in, you open the refrigerator, and you grab whatever you want. It's, I, I want to have refrigerator rights at some of your guys' houses. I think it'd be fun. Hey, and I see you. Okay, I'm just going to grab this real quick. I mean, it's the best. And it's just a comfort level knowing, hey, we are in close relationship. So essentially, they were devoted to doing life together. Not just occasional meetings, but consistent connecting, consistent relationship building, and the fellowship and the power that comes with that is so amazing. They devoted themselves to breaking bread, which scholars believe was both the Lord's Supper, which was communion, but also sharing meals together. My, life, my wife like loves sharing meals with people. Like I think sometimes she just tries to find a reason to bring someone over. Like, she's a great cook, so that works out in my favor. Like, it would be, if she was a bad cook, I'd be like, hey, we're busy. But like, she's really good. So I'm like, yeah, let's, you know, let's bring out the good stuff. Uh, and I've noticed that there was this time that we were uh, with friends and we were spending the whole day with them. So we had breakfast, lunch, and dinner with them. And I remember at breakfast, we're eating together and we're finishing up, we're having conversations. And she looks at the table and she goes, so what are we gonna have for lunch? And I was like, I just ate breakfast. You want, yeah, let's talk about lunch. Let's schedule it up. Let's get, let's get it going. So we have lunch and we're eating lunch and we're, just, we're conversating and we're, and we're, you know, because eating together just brings us comfort, right? You just feel more relaxed when you eat together, when you're like, when you make the mmm sounds and things like that. And so we're eating lunch and my wife looks and goes, so what are you having for dinner? And I was like, I don't know if I want to have dinner now. Like, I eat too much. Like, I had breakfast and lunch. And then we had dinner. I mean, it's, it's the best to just eat and the camaraderie that you have eating together, breaking bread was just an example of fellowship. And it was an example of fellowship in and outside weekly meetings. And then the fourth thing they devoted themselves to was to prayer. Like breaking bread, this was another example of fellowship. This was another example of coming together, close relationships with prayer, but it also believes that it is worship. Because I can tell you, when you devote yourselves to prayer, that means that no matter what happens, you always go to prayer. You always go to worship. You're always going to God. They're never saying, okay, I'm gonna figure this out on my own. You go, no, no, no. I have no right to even try to figure this out on my own. I'm going to God who can and will do all things. He can do the impossible. And so I'm going to go to him. I'm going to devote myself to that. So they were ready 
They gave attention and were faithful to these things. And so because of this that we see in Scripture, I see the shift that happens in the Scriptures that I've never seen before that goes to our number two if you're taking notes. They experienced signs and wonders in community. Verse 43 says, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. I love that word filled with awe because when you're in awe of something, it causes you to stop, to look and just go, wow. Like when you see a good sunset, you just go, wow. Like when, when the snow is just perfect, I mean, you want to stay inside, but you just go, wow. Like when you see a snowflake fall on your car and you can see the pattern, you just go, wow, I'm in awe of this. And that's what God is saying. What happened is when they were together, they were just in awe of how real and how powerful God was. They were blown away by how great he is. And then signs and wonders by the apostles were miracles that were happening, not for show, but to reveal the truth in his word. Because it's one thing to say that God is a healer, but it's another thing to see that God is a healer that brings you in awe. It's one thing to say that God is powerful. It's another thing to see that God is powerful. And it says that because they met together, they got to be around us. But, but why did the believers see miracles? Why did the believers see signs? What was different about them than us? I believe the reason they saw this is they walked out what Jesus said in Matthew 18, 20, where it says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. Now you have to understand, reading that scripture, it's not just when two or three are together. No, it's two or three are gathered in his name, meaning they're agreeing together. That in the name of Jesus, we are believing that you're going to do power. In the name of Jesus, we're believing you can do healing. In the name of Jesus, we believe you can do the impossible. And so because of that, because of that devotion, because of that connection, they were able to experience a power and a moving God. Even when I look in this room, I'm reminded of how powerful God is. Because there's people in this room that we've prayed for that God has healed. Like true healing. In fact, one of my friends, the enemy tried to give her cancer twice and God beat it both times. Like it's, it's real. It's, 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 it's not just a story. It's not just in the histories. It's happening right now. And there's, and, there, and there's nothing special about me or my friends. We just came together and we agreed. It kind of reminded me of what happened this Friday. We just had our All-Stars uh, group, our first one this Friday. And All-Stars was a, is a, 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 uh, was a service for special needs people. And we just we were having fun with them. We did karaoke. Uh, we had a quick message. It was great. And it was fun. And, and about an hour after it started, we had a man named Henry that came in to the church. Just walked in. He had special needs. And he said, hey, what's going on? And Pastor Jessica said, hey, we're doing an All-Stars. Are you here to be a part? What's your name? He goes, I don't know what this is, but I want to be here. And so we're like, okay, uh, you know, okay, cool, cool, okay. Well, hey, where's your mom at? She's in the car. 
I go, okay. So Pastor Jessica goes out to the car. She goes, hey, is, is your son, did you sign up for this event? You know, is, is, am, am I getting his name right? And she goes, I don't even know what this is. She goes, what's that? She goes, yeah, we were at the car wash across the street. And Henry said, I want to go there. And we're like, okay, you know, oh, cool. And so we signed Henry up. He's excited. And we had karaoke time. So some people, some of the kids were doing like Christmas songs. They were doing Disney songs. They were doing some Taylor Swift songs, but not Henry. Henry only did worship songs. And there's this moment he's singing reckless love and he's getting into it. Like he is getting in. And he actually had a pretty good voice too. Like he's getting into it. And I see that our, our team is starting to worship. I see people crying. I'm trying not to cry right now. Uh, it's, I mean, it was amazing. And in that moment, I go, God, this, this, is, this is only you. This is only you that he came in these doors and blessed us. This is only you that I believe that you talked to him through the Holy Spirit and brought him here to not just for us to bless him, but for him to bless us. And why did that happen? Because we came together and we agreed together. And because of that, we got to see God move in a powerful way. I'm telling you, church, God is not wanting us to just do basic. He's wanting us to move in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. He wants healing to be something normal. He wants signs and wonders to be something that we just don't think about or remember, but we're actually walking and living in. And we don't have to do anything special except agree together and believe that he can and will do all things. He's wanting that, not just for them, but for us today. So we see that they were devoted. And because of that, we see that they experience. And then this shift happens and they were number three, they were transformed in community. Because look what happens right after verse 43. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. What? Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. So we see this transformation happen. They, they are truly devoted. And because of that devotion and because of the power of God moving in their lives, they're going, what else do we got to do? Like we didn't have, like if someone said I'm in need, they say, cool, what do you need? I don't have that, but let me go sell something so I can give it to you. Like every day they, they were together, they were, they were, they were meeting. They, I mean, these were more than just strangers. They were no longer strangers. They were no longer fellow attenders. They were friends. They were brothers and sisters. This was a family. This was a body of Christ moving and active. And it was changing lives. I mean, they knew each other's stories. They knew each other's needs. And they did life together. Hear me on that. They didn't do church together. They did life together. Meaning they went beyond just coming together once a week. They went beyond just doing one service together. They went beyond just coming in and coming out. They did life together. And if they could meet on Monday, they met on Monday. If they could meet on Tuesday, they met on Tuesday. Not because some pastor said, go do it, go, go over there. They wanted to because they had everything in common. 
They love God. They love people. They love what God was doing. They love what, what was happening. They love the transformation that was happening. They, they were in awe because they knew who they were before Jesus. They were, they were seeing signs and wonders and going, he's not just an invisible person, but he's real and alive and he's changing my life and he's changing their lives. I mean, I just want to be around these people. That is my desire for our church, that we would be devoted. And because we're devoted, we would experience. And because we experience, we'd be transformed by community. But how do we do that? If you're taking notes, or if you're not, I would love for you just to write this down. The way we can do that, to be rooted in community, means to go beyond just attending. For some of us, we've been checking in and checking out. And I understand for some of you go, hey, it's better than not coming at all. I get that. And for some of you, you're like, hey, I'm new to this. This is like my first week. This is my first Sunday. And I'm not talking to you yet. But there are some of us, we've been coming here a while. In fact, some of you guys have been coming here longer than I've been here. And it's just been the same thing. Checking in and checking out. And, in, and when we came back after pandemic, I noticed something happened in our church. Where we had about 20% of people who were involved in some way or another. Community, connection, serving, something like that. But then there was 80% that were like, I mean, you're lucky I'm here right now. Like, I don't know if I want to be, I mean, I, COVID, I, mass, I, I don't know. And then this, there's no change that happened in that. So we have 20% who are trying to make this church run and function and, and we're trying to do life outside the walls and 80% are just like, I checked it off the box and I'll be back next week. And that was great for 2022. And that was great for 2021. But in 2023, I really felt like God told me strongly that we're gonna flip that. That we're gonna be a church that's 80% involved and 20% attending. That we're gonna be a church that says, you know what, I'm no longer just checking in, checking out anymore. But I need to be around a community of believers who are gonna help me, who are gonna, who are gonna guide me, who are gonna be with me. Because there's people in here that we can just grow with and grow from and get advice and get guidance and get wisdom and get direction. But it has to be more than just trying to get them for two minutes in the lobby. That there are people in here that are gonna help us to be better husbands, better wives, better fathers, better, uh, better uh, mothers, better neighbors. Like meaning we're just gonna love on our neighbors and not invite them. Like just love on them and without the, like a hidden agenda. Like, hey, I made you cookies, but uh, do you notice something at the bottom of the plate? Yeah, that's an invite to my church. No, no, no. Just love on them. Just be around them. Learn their name. That's the biggest thing. I'm loving a guy right now named Adam across my street, and, we're, and it's very like TV. Like, hey, buddy. Adam, how are you, buddy? I'm good. How was your week? Mine too. Oh, I know. I thought someone else was going to get the snow. Like, you just do, like, dad jokes like that, you know? <laughs> Where are they? I hope the, uh, the truck doesn't come. <laughs> hey, hey, all right, I'll see you later. I mean, it's, it's that right now, but it's going to get better. Because God's called me to that family. And my, my daughter rolled my eyes because I'm like, I'm gonna, like, I can't wait for that person to fall in love with Jesus. And my daughter's like, that's all you think about? And I go, yeah, that's all I think about. <laughs> because I know what Jesus does in me, and I want it to do in everyone else's life. 
So how do we go beyond just attending? How do we go beyond just checking in and checking out? We do that by just not just sitting in rows, but it's sitting in circles. Where we choose to do both, where we choose to be in groups. And groups are just people who pray together, they sometimes serve together, they hang out together, they, they discuss scripture together, they, they help each other grow and mature together. And that's why like our big thing right now is we wanna make groups not just a seasonal thing, but an all the time thing. Because I believe God wants to get to a place where we have everything in common, that we're united and we're loving on each other and we're doing life together. And that's why I'm so glad we have like discipleship groups like Alpha. Here's the thing. I know this is a commercial for Alpha, but I like accidentally walked into Alpha a couple years ago. Here's what I mean. I didn't like stumble and go like, what's going on? Uh, I uh, was asked to do like the tech for Alpha. But, uh, but Dave, who helps us lead Alpha, he goes, oh, you're here. Oh, cool, cool. Hey, after you're doing tech, can you sit at a table? I'm like, I'm, I'm only supposed to do tech. Uh, I'm just here to press the video. Uh, and he's like, oh, yeah, but yeah, but you're Pastor Dallas. Hey, go sit at a table. I was like, all right, fine, I will. And I'm glad I did because I got to like explore my faith that I've had for over 20 years in such a different way. And I got to hear questions that people had about their faith. And I can tell you, when you go through Alpha, you're gonna be more grounded because you just asked the questions that got you rooted in your faith. During the wholeness. Man, I'm doing, I'm doing it during the wholeness for my fourth time. Here's why, it's making me a better leader. It's making me a better pastor. It's making me a better father. It's making me a better husband because I'm journeying through things that I thought I got right and I was wrong. I thought I had daddy issues. <laughs> Turns out I got mommy issues. <laughs> but God has journeyed me through that. And I was able to be around a group of people where we could talk about it and we could talk to each other. I mean, it's therapy, but it's therapy with the word of God to where we're taking scripture and we're putting it on our trauma and we're putting it on our pain and we're taking the presence of God because when two or three are gathered in the same mindset, he is there. So I was able to see this transformation happen in my life because of it. But we also have, we do have teen groups. Now here's why we, we're calling teen groups and not just serving. Because the one thing we don't want you to do is serve like it's a job. Because that's not what it's about. It's about with connecting with people that you have things in common. In fact, when you join and serve in a group, you have three things in common already. One, you love Jesus. Two. You love this church enough to start serving at it. And three, you love the area you're serving in. Already three things in common with another person. And so there, it's, it's you not just serving, but connecting afterwards. I'm a huge fan of people, I've seen people serve one service and sit together the next service. That's what it's supposed to be about. It's not supposed to be about doing a job and going, okay, I did it, I'm done. Because I'm telling you, you'll get burnt out. And then you'll be like, you know, I don't even like kids. Like, why am I doing this? Because it's a job. It's not supposed to be a job. It's supposed to be an opportunity to serve and, and, and watch God do something in, the, in a person's life, but at the same time, connecting with someone else who you're doing it with. And so we have that on Sundays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, first impressions, creative, production, kids volunteers, catalysts, young adults, all these things are not jobs, they're opportunities to be in groups with each other, but then we have ongoing things. 
Like, I know that Sunday and Wednesday and Thursday with Catalyst and Young Adults, those are ministries, but those are also groups for you to sit together, but also to go out and do things together. Like, in kids, they're going to sit in a circle, and they're going to talk about what they learned. In Catalyst, they sit together, and they talk about what they learned, just learned. In young adults, they sit together, and they talk about what they just learned. In our men's group, they sit together, and they talk about what they learned. In women's group, they said, you get the theme? Like, they're sitting together, they're getting to know each other, but they're breaking down Scripture in such a powerful and moving way because it's going beyond that. And why are those ongoing? Because I don't want you to think that what I'm doing right now is just a seasonal commercial. This needs to be a way of doing life from here on out. But the biggest thing is this, with all of these options, and we have a lot, go to our website, we have to be intentional. Please don't say, all right, I'm gonna do more than just check in, I'm gonna involved. And you show up and you just are in the corner. And you just do this. Did you connect with anyone? No. Why? No one talked to me. Yeah, no one would want to talk to you when you're in the corner like this. I'd be like, is, is, he, is he supposed to be here? Should we get Nick? Like, you know, like you're, <laughs> security. <laughs> like, be intentional. Learn three people's name in your group. Ask them questions beyond what's your favorite color. Which I don't know. Men, do we still ask that question? Nah. Just how's the weather? That's what it is. Or what about them Packers? Like, that's probably what it is. Yeah, it's a lot of that. But ask. Go beyond. Be intentional. When you're serving, don't just be like, you know, taker. Like, it's like, it's, it's, it's connecting. It's sitting together. You know there's rooms that we can't open right now because we don't have enough people? But man, if we have some people loving on some kids and getting to know each other, oh, it's huge. It's huge, but we have to be intentional with it. I'm going to close with this. Verse 47. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who are being saved. They found favor with the people. So beyond the 3,120. And why did they find favor? And actually, not just a favor, but a favor that led people to want to have what they had. How did they find that? How did they get that? They got it because they were united in community. And they were united in such a way that people saw it and was like, whoa. So that's what church is supposed to be? Is that what Christianity is supposed to be? Is that what being a Jesus person is supposed to be? Like, they like each other. I've been to some churches, they don't. Like they smile in the, in, in the auditorium, but when they're in the lobby, they give each other the stink eye. Like, I, what is going on? What is happening? They're united. They were devoted. And because they were devoted, they experienced the presence of God moving. And because they was moving, they go, I want more of that. So I'm going to continue doing that because I know how much I need God's presence and power moving in my life. And so because of that, they're united. They had everything in common. I mean, think about it. They, were, they we had one thing in common. How great is God? How awesome was that? That blew my mind. I mean, that's the things they had in common. I thought that person was unsavable. I thought that person was going to be addicted forever. Look at what God is doing. They had that in common. Like, whoa. 
And so because of that unity and that camaraderie and that excitement to be together, other people are like, hey, can I come in? And they're like, yeah. Just come apart, be a part. Because the community wasn't a clique. The community wasn't just like people hanging out with their mom and dad and their uncles and aunts. They're hanging out with people that were at one point in time in their life strangers, but they made a step to go beyond just, just showing up and they made these strangers became friends and these friends became like brothers and these brothers are like people that you trust with everything. Like, this isn't in my notes, but I believe that when, if we commit to doing that, there's gonna be some people who are gonna be added to your will because you're like, no, they're more than just a church person. They're like my brother. I love that person. I love being around those people because they helped my marriage. They helped me with my kids. They watched my kids. Like, that's the hugest thing too. We take turns, it's the best. We talk for hours. They open up my refrigerator and take whatever they want. And I'm cool with it. I'm starting to buy things they like. Like that unity, that community was not just for the early church, it's for us. All we have to do is just say, you know what? I'm tired of doing the same thing. I wanna go beyond just coming to these walls of these church. And I wanna do life with people. The people saw something and they said they wanted it. In fact, they said they needed it. And then they became part of a rooted community where all the believers had the same goal, to surrender to a God who can do all things. Can I pray with you? So salvation is allowing God to transform your life. It's believing that Jesus came, he lived a sinless life, he died on the cross and defeated death so that we could be a new person. It's welcoming him in to be our Lord and our Savior. So with everyone's head bowed and eyes closed, why am I doing this? It's just because I want you to have a one-on-one -on -one moment with God. If you're in here and you're saying, you know what? I wanna make Jesus my Lord and Savior. Meaning, Lord meaning I wanna give him control. I wanna to get to a place where it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That he's gonna lead me, guide me, and direct me. And then Savior meaning, I want him to save me. I want him to take my sin, my guilt, my shame, my past, so that I can walk in the freedom that he has made for me. If that's you, I'm gonna do one of two things. In a moment, I'm gonna ask you to slip up your hands and just look at me, and then as a church together, we're just gonna say a simple prayer. If that's you and you're saying, you know what, I've never given my life to Jesus, or I don't know if I've ever made him my Lord and my Savior, but I want to do that right now. If that's you, can I just have some of your hands? Thank you. 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 If I missed you, oh, I'm yep, Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yep, I see you. Church, can we say this prayer together? Just say it with our heart. Don't make it something, just words, but, but really mean it. Say, Jesus, thank you. I love you. I give my life to you to do whatever you need to do. I welcome you to be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made that decision, Pastor Becky's gonna come and she's gonna talk about some things that we do, but I'm so happy for you and I'm so proud of you and I believe this is just the beginning. But can I pray with you one more time before she comes up? Everyone bow their heads. If maybe you're in here and you're saying, 
that you are a Jesus person, but you've been an attender way too long and you wanted to start to devote so you can experience and be transformed by the community of believers. If that's you, can I just have you raise your hand so I can pray with you? Yes. Jesus, this is our year, Lord, that we're gonna go beyond just attending, uh, beyond just coming, but Lord, you're gonna begin to do something in our church that will go beyond these walls into the 920. Lord, we're believing that, you, Lord, people are gonna see these relationships that we have. Lord, real relationships that are not forced, but Lord, that are agreed upon, that I wanna get to know this person, I wanna connect with this person, I wanna do life with this person. Lord, and I pray that more and more would be added because they see your presence moving in such a real and powerful way. Lord, we love you, we thank you. Do what only you can do. We surrender all to you, in Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Thanks for joining us this week. Still thinking about the message? Go follow our message recap podcast. Chew on that. The Chew on That podcast is a podcast where Life Church staff chew over the latest messages to dig deeper into our faith. Tap the link in the episode description to have a listen. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We'll see you next week. Uh-huh.